You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. the start of the division series ALDS starts today it is Thursday October 7th wildcard games are over we've got a, a big rundown today we've got a whole bunch of stuff to go through we're recapping both wildcard games Aram, Peter and myself are filling out our postseason brackets we're telling you who's going to win each pennant who's going to win the world series might even name some impact players here and there but let's dial it back to Tuesday night Red Sox beat the Yankees in the AL wildcard game. Peter is a diehard Yankee fan. He wrote a phenomenal article on JustBaseball.com documenting pretty much half inning by half inning how his dreams were just crushed in the palm of Nate Yavaldi's hand. And Peter, the floor is yours. So I fell into a trap. I fell into a trap that I put there for myself. I knew this team didn't have it. I've known since 2017 that this team didn't have it. And every year I fall right back into the cycle, right? And this is a macro evaluation of it all before we get into the nitty gritty. This has been a pattern of underperforming Yankee teams that for some reason have this feeling that they've earned it when they haven't earned anything. This is the same core, or at least a very similar core from 2017. We haven't really built on it, and we're almost relying on our old Yankee late 1990s heroism to take over. I am 23 years old. We talk about this, right? Yankees won 27 World Series. Yankees won 27 World Series. You guys talk about it. We talk about that. Everyone hates Yankee fans for that. Put it to bed forever right now. For anyone my age or younger, we have seen one World Series championship. Yep. 2009. That's really the only one I remember. Our identity now is overpaid players that don't perform in the playoffs. We are not a championship-level team that just got outed this year. We are a team of overpaid players. And that's all. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's let's move from there. I told you that we're going to start with the trunk of the tree with your rant, and we're going to split into different branches. Let's start with the overpaid player that underperforms in the playoff narrative, because that's who took the mound yesterday. Garrett Cole couldn't make it out of the third inning. Your $324 million man who you paid to start the American League wildcard game pretty much, start game one of the ALDS, start game one of the ALCS, start game one of the World Series when you guys inevitably got there with Garrett Cole at the peak of his powers. He is literally the guy from uh, Endgame. What's his name? Um, Thanos. Yeah, he is literally Thanos pitching when you sign him. And then it turns out he's not because there are some pieces of kryptonite sprinkled here and there. We knew it all too well coming into the wild card game, right? It was the long ball. If he was going to get tagged for runs, yep. we both called it. We yep. both called it and documented it. If he was going to get hit for runs, it was going to happen via the home run. It was going to happen within the first couple of innings. Wouldn't you know, two run bomb from Xander Bogarts. I do think we need to push back on the overpaid narrative now because that was the Yankees of old. That was the 09 Yankees. That was the early 2010s Yankees. Aside from Garrett Cole, who were you guys paying an ungodly amount of money to? The Marlins handed Giancarlo that contract. Everybody else feels homegrown. You didn't drop the bag for DJ LeMahieu. But we did. We're still, but we're still paying DJ LeMahieu a decent amount of money now, and he's just on the back end of his career. Aroldis Chapman, another guy we're paying. Zach Britton, another guy we're paying. There's just there are a decent amount of guys that we're overpaying. Okay, but those are reliever contracts. You got to remember that those are reliever contracts. They don't mean shit. Like the Colorado Rockies signed Wade Davis to that big deal, and look at Wade Davis now. Sox just did it with Liam Hendricks. Uh, my White Sox did it with Liam Hendricks. You know, relievers you have to overpay for because in the grand scheme, $30 million is not a crazy amount of money to spend on who you think is your closer for the next three years. And for the most part, Aroldis Chapman earned the money of that contract over the last couple of years. He did struggle a little bit this year, but if you're looking at relievers and how hot and cold they are, he kind of earned it. I do want to earn it in the biggest moments. Astros, the biggest moments. He didn't earn it. Garrett. Cole, this is why I'm talking about overpaying. He didn't earn it when we needed him most. You and I were talking, earn the second best pitcher in baseball title. Earn it. He threw 50 pitches. He got paid $36 million this year. He threw 50 pitches in the AL wildcard game. Two home runs. Three earned runs. Two innings. But this is not a rant on how bad Garrett Cole is. Because I said it. I tweeted it out. We talked about it too. You got to score more than three to win anyway. This is a bigger problem than just Garrett Cole, but Garrett Cole. And we talk about the sticky stuff thing. Everyone's calling him the spider tech guy. It's not fair to put him as the face of it because you Darvish was dealing with the same thing. A lot of pitchers had bad second halves. James Karen checks in triple a. James Karen check. Well, he just actually got back up to the major leagues. I think he actually had a stint, but regardless, he was back in triple a. But the narrative around the spider tack, the sticky stuff, Garrett Cole, before the sticky stuff, was in the low twos after he was in the fours. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. You can point to whatever. But as a Yankee fan, it is understandable to make that claim. And it is understandable for fans to be upset. And what could Garrett Cole have done? 
to, to shoulder that load a little bit off him, shove yesterday. What did he do? The opposite. The opposite. And I, the evil empire of old was handing out the $150 million contract to Jacoby Ellsbury and Masahiro Tanaka and Mark Teixeira. They're not doing that anymore. With Garrett Cole, that was their big splash. But they splash. still kind of are, bro. It's not to the crazy extent that it once was. But we're still handing out $300 million contracts. Right. No, I was going to say that Cole is the outlier there. And Garrett Cole, when you make that gross amount of money, you forfeit any form of innocence that you have. Especially in New York. Especially and he knows that. In New York. He, knows he knows that. that. He wanted it. He signed here. He thought that he was invincible. He is so mortal. It's crazy. I want to talk about what Aaron Boone said after the game. The league has closed the gap on us. We've got to get better in every aspect. When were you so ahead of this wide gap? We weren't. That's the thing. We never were. And we convinced ourselves. I'm saying we. It's me. I convinced myself. I got to stop saying we. It's all me. I convinced myself, even though I saw, I watched, how many other games have we bet on and watched? I see that the Rays are better. I know, first of all, the Rays are just way better. We talk about the Yankees offense. I should have known that they weren't going to hit in this game. They scored five runs in the previous two games against the Rays, and they were shut out by Michael Walker and was an Aaron Judge infield single away from losing that game. Yep, The Yankees are built on momentum. The Rays came in and said, no matter if you beat Boston, we're just better than you. We're just better than you. You can beat Boston, come to Tampa, you're going to get schwacked. Boston proved they were just better than us. Their young core kicked our core's ass. They did. The Toronto Blue Jays are probably a better team than the New York Yankees. Yeah. The White Sox and the Astros are for sure a better team than the New York Yankees. And I bet the Yankees would have lost to the Mariners in the wildcard game. And then that's not even counting all the teams in the National League. We were never actually as good as these teams. And it's not a same Yankee team that was so overpowering and just laid an egg. No, 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 no. We're just getting outplayed while spending more money than everybody else. And a lot of, a lot of it is discipline. A lot of it. And you and I have been so frustrated by the Yankee approach at the plate. And the wild card game is a perfect example. It is emblematic of that. Red Sox pitching 11 strikeouts, no walks. Red Sox hitting nine strikeouts, seven walks taken. You strike out 11 times. You only ground out twice. You constantly put balls in the air. I understand that's how you win games. But the Yankees were putting lazy fly ball after lazy fly ball right into Kike Hernandez's grasp. And as somebody that genuinely doesn't like the Yankees and hasn't my entire life, that's how I was brought up. I was frustrated for you watching that. It's like the, th- it's like the team in basketball that lives by the three and dies by the three. Yep. When they're hitting shots, oh my God, it's so fun. When the Yankees are putting balls out of the ballpark, oh my God, it's so fun. But when they can't, you get so pissed off and frustrated, it's unfathomable. You know what it was like? Your, your, your comparison shooting threes versus not? It was like if you were the, watching the Warriors 
rely on their big man inside and not shooting threes because the Yankees and the Red Sox almost, and I wrote about this in the article, they switched approaches. The Red Sox have actually not been that disciplined that year at the plate yet. Their thought is let's take as many pitches. First at bat, Kyle Schwarber ball off the plate called for a strike. He looks back and they were on it. They were on it immediately and they were taking pitches. They were not letting Cole have them chase outside the zone. They were very disciplined. The Yankees, on the other hand, first pitch of the game, Anthony Rizzo grounds out. Yeah. Aaron Judge, second pitch of his at-bat, pops out. Like, it, it they switched. They switched mindsets. It was Freaky it was, Friday. In, it was Freaky Friday. Instead of the Yankee way of getting on base for a Stanton home run, seeing pitches, getting deep into the bullpen. They said, you know what? Eovaldi's going to get pulled early. We got to jump on pitches. Well, you know what? Eovaldi went into the sixth inning, 74 pitches, or 71 pitches, 54 of them for strikes, zero fucking walks. The team that saw the most pitches in baseball this year and had the highest walk rate of any team in baseball didn't draw a single walk. Exactly. It's like if the Warriors didn't shoot a single three. Yeah. Yeah, it's screwed up. And I do want to talk about Uvalde for a moment, and then we'll get into the grand scheme of the fantastic. Yankee future. He was fantastic. You got to think about it, though. Uvalde is kind of a taste of your own medicine. Because oh, Nathan Uvalde, yeah. Absolutely. He came from Miami. He was a high-velocity guy. And what happened when he was in New York? What turned him into a good pitcher? He learned a splitter from Masahiro Tanaka. Bang. And it just came back to bite us. And not only was Eovaldi so excellent, he was giving us the Nestor Cortez treatment. Yep. He was Nestor Cortezing us. Yep. The varying the leg lift, still dotting 100, throwing harder, might I add, than Garrett Cole, throwing harder than Garrett Cole, but also dropping his arm angle, throwing 80-mile-an-hour Frisbees. Nate Evaldi came with a plan. Alex Cora came with a plan. Garrett Cole was like, I'm going to throw it by you. And Aaron Boone was like, let's go. Let's just play ball. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, it did. Is Alex Cora the best manager in baseball? I don't see how you can not say that right at this point. I agree. I mean, maybe you can say Kevin Cash. I mean, they won 100, 100 games. But the managing within the game. Alex Cora. Alex Cora. Like, it was a, it was a chess match while we the Yankees were not even playing checkers. They were playing Connect Four. <laughs> Ivaldi having the start that he had and Garrett Whitlock finishing it out was the Eli Manning double bird. Right. How ironic. How ironic that Garrett Whitlock ended up closing it out. The former Yankees farmhand who Yankees. I don't know if they really knew what to do with Garrett Whitlock. Red Sox did. I don't know if the Yankees really knew what to do with the Ivaldi. Red Sox did. Look at him now. And let's go forward. Let's look at the Yankees now. Who do you have confidence in on the roster right now? And then we'll get to up top. Player-wise, who do you like? Aaron Judge, hard not to like him. What an unbelievable season. And it's, I want to just talk about the Yankees offense as a whole quickly because Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton had fully healthy, fantastic years. And yet still, we had a plus 42 run differential. The offense still wasn't that good. Yep. So that means there's a lot more holes than not. And it's not a judge in Stanton being injured problem. Glaber, since he moved back to second, has actually been phenomenal at the plate and defensively. 
Gio Urshela has been a shell of himself. Will he ever return to his old self that one year? DJ right. Lemay, is that a fluke for Gio? Is that a fluke? It might be. It might be he's just not that great of a hitter. Good glove, but there are plenty of good gloves in baseball. DJ LeMayhew didn't wow me this year on defense, and he certainly didn't wow me at the plate. Gary Sanchez, do I even need to say anything? No. No. Do you want to keep Higashioka? No. No. Is is Brett Gardner done? Like, just get him away. I... I'm not going to start talking smack about Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner has been a clubhouse leader. Like I love Brett Gardner, but he probably played his last game in a Yankee uniform. And in that last game, I mean, Brett Gardner, you struck out every single at bat. You struck out every single at bat. Everybody knew that he wasn't swinging at the first pitch. I mean, that's a really hard mindset to have right now. In this era of baseball being behind 0-1, you're screwing yourself time and time again. And he... He has this two-strike swing where it looks like there's no way you could even hit anything. Yeah. He moves his feet like, I I think it's his last game. I mean, we love Garrett Cole, right? Who's the two? Is it Heal? Is it Davey? I don't think it's on the roster. Exactly. Even if we had won that game, Yankee fans, who's throwing game one against the Rays? We're going to lose. We just weren't as good as these other teams this year. And that's, that. That's it's not a frustration of, oh my God, this Yankee team was so good and we just laid an egg and they didn't even try. What to, no, 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 no. This is a frustration of the continued belief that this same core of guys that has never proved anything to us, that for some reason we believe that this is a championship roster, when it simply is not. Let's go to Aaron Boone. He done? I something to say about Aaron Boone. Yeah, is he done? I don't have much to say about this situation because you are the one that should be talking because you watch every single fucking pitch that comes out of a Yankees arm. That It's killing me. I mean, yeah, but like you have suffered through it, so you should be the one like... I'm obviously they're never going to listen to you. They're never going to listen to the fans. Regardless <laughs> you don't think they're going to listen to me? <laughs> no, like even if they form that mega rat, right? Like I know. Yankee fans will never have a say in the Yankees day to day. Having said that, I genuinely feel like you have a stronger grasp on what the Yankees have to do than what Brian Cashman thinks the Yankees have to do. We'll get to Cashman in a moment. Start with Aaron Boone. Is Aaron Boone a good manager? That is a question I honestly, I don't really know the answer to, quite frankly. I, I'll actually take this for a moment. Um, I think Aaron Boone is a good clubhouse manager. Yes. He is, he's a really good offensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. If we were to compare it to- he might to be like a Jason football. Garrett. Yeah, Exactly. But comparing him to Jason Garrett is also kind of mean because Jason Garrett, I mean, didn't win anything. Aaron Boone, consecutive 100-win seasons before 2020. I mean, we're in the playoffs. My thing with Aaron Boone, and everyone's saying, fire Aaron Boone, fire Aaron Boone. He's the problem. Who are you going to hire? Who are you going to hire? Because I, the same Yankee fans were trying to bite Joe Girardi's head off. And yet, as soon as Joe Girardi leaves, we bring in Aaron Boone. Now it's bring Girardi back. 
I don't know if there's a manager that can figure this out that's in baseball right now. Because even think about, okay, because how important are managers really? Now this is just ranting. How important are managers really? Gabe Kapler with the Phillies went to the Giants and now he's amazing. Does it really just have to do with the guy fitting the clubhouse mold? And does Aaron Boone fit the clubhouse mold? Does he fit the mold as a as the Yankees manager, you know, who did Joe Torrey since then we haven't had that guy. And since then we haven't really won either. Yep. How about Cashman? I wrote my college essay on Brian Cashman. I wanted to be the next Brian Cashman. I love Brian Cashman. He And the thing is, everyone's going to pile on him being like, oh, you made the roster, you made the roster. And yeah, he didn't do a great job with the roster, but he did do some good things. Let's not forget he got Clay Holmes, who's the best player on the New York Yankees. (laughs) Let's not forget he got Wandy Peralta. He believed in Loisaga. He did a lot of good things. But what he hasn't done is changed really the fabric of this team since 2017. And that obviously... Was the peak, maybe were they over-delivering? That was Aaron Judge's rookie season where he hit 52 home runs. Does he ever do that again? Maybe. Was that the peak of the power? Not, oh, this is in the early 90s and this is going to continue. No, no, no. 2017 was the peak and now we're on the downswing. That This isn't a dynasty. That was a peak year and now we're on the decline. The Yankees went into 2021 as division favorites with this roster, pretty much. Uh, There were some injuries that hampered them here and there, but for the most part, everybody came back in some capacity here. Um, Some people were shells of themselves, right? Gio Urshela, how about DJ LeMayhew? He was constantly on and off. Uh, But for the most part, there was some roster continuity here. And you dealt with the injury blows, but so did a lot of other teams. I'm not trying to make that as an excuse. If they return an identical roster to the one that they returned in 2021, so a team that was favored to win the division and didn't make it out of the wild card, our preseason props, right? You're looking at division winners. You're looking at World Series winners. Where do the Yankees lie within the AL East next year if they make hardly any changes to the fabric of this roster? The Blue Jays are going to go add pitching. The Red Sox are going to go bolster their bullpen. They're probably going to add a starter. The Rays don't need to do anything. They're, They're going to get Glasnow back. They're fourth. They're the fourth best team in their own division. If they don't do anything, they have not. And going back on the Brian Cashman, where Brian Cashman has not done well, he's never really solidified a solid three in a rotation. Really ever. Really in my entire lifetime, have we had a legitimate playoff trio? Okay, so so we're talking about that right now. He's never had a three. We just said the two isn't on the roster. A non-Garrett Cole starter next year, when the Baltimore Orioles are running out Adley Rutschman in the three spot and Grayson Rodriguez to the mound, which game are you more inclined to watch? That's unfair because I'm a Yankee fan, but if I'm a baseball fan and, and you're looking for an opinion, I say you should go watch that one, the Orioles one. Like, I'm... I'm addicted. I'm like a heroin addict, yeah, and are, the heroin you, is the Yankees. But are you going to be addicted to Andrew Heaney on the mound when G-Rod's there, or Shane Boz is starting for Tampa, or Jose Barrios is starting for Toronto, or even Pavetta starting for the Red Sox? 
That's just a better team to watch than Andrew Heaney starting for the Yankees or Tyon starting for the Yankees. Well, Andrew Heaney is actually, he got DFA'd. He's not on the Yankees Oh, anymore. wow. Okay. He got DFA'd. He's gone. Okay. So it won't be him. But is it Jamison Tyon? Is it Nestor Cortez, who I love? Will he be as good as he was next year? We don't know. I hope so. It looks like. I mean, he's effective. It's, it's not like he's going to lose velocity. He could still be effective. But is he a two? Is Jordan Montgomery a two? How does Luis Severino look? Also, another thing on Boone that I never even mentioned, you should not have put Luis Severino out there for the sixth inning. He pitched a great fifth. He has not gone more than two innings. He went more than two innings twice this season. His past two starts, only one inning. Should not have put him out there. I was sick to my stomach when I saw him going out there. Sick to my stomach. We had plenty of other relievers. Could have gone to Wandy there. Yep. <sighs> Deep breath. I'm okay. I mean, I love baseball. I'm very excited for the playoff series. That's for sure. Yeah. We. I got my rant out. I went on a huge rant on Twitch, on TikTok. I got embarrassed. Hundreds of thousands of people watched that video of me saying the Yankees were going to win and how that other guy who picked the Red Sox. I got what was handed to me. The Yankees got what was handed to me. And I'll end it with this. It was good that they lost in the wild card because it it goes to show this team was never really in it from the beginning. And Brian Cashman, if you're still there, you have a lot of work to do. Now we welcome Aramon to talk about the NL wild card. Okay, like the true podcasters that we are, we decided to stay up until we saw the Chris Taylor piss missile to end the NL wildcard. Uh, so we're talking to you at, well, I'm talking to you at 11.41 p.m. Must be nice. Yeah, Must be nice. Very nice. And I've got my coffee uh, poster right behind me. Peter, you had a 10.30 coffee. You're talking at 12.40 a.m. Yes. How do you feel right now? 7 a.m. coffee. 3.30 p.m. coffee, 10.30 p.m. coffee. Yes. My skin is tingling. Yes. I got one of that that weird caffeine high. I'm feeling ready to pick some playoff matchups, and I'm ready to talk about the Chris Taylor 111-mile-an-hour piss missile to win the wildcard game. Yeah, Arm, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I mean, I have, like, bad habits on my side right now. Peter would be well into his REM cycle, usually, at Absolutely. this point. Yeah. So Peter, Peter's definitely no defying the odds a bit more. Uh, for me, I've got bad sleep habits, so I'm used to this. Not usually recording at 12.42 a.m., but yeah. you know what? This might make for some really horrible takes, and I'm here for it. So it, if, I, if I get to bed past 12.30, I have a bad morning. Yeah. Because you're a bad morning, Pete. Yeah. No, it'll be fine. It's baseball. It's October. There's no bad morning. to No. Hey, before we get into the uh, the wild card talk, you guys are twinning right now. You're wearing mm-hmm. sweet shirts. Somebody describe because I'm going to be in New York next week. I'm picking up at least one shirt for myself. So we made a collection for the postseason with Pillbox Bat Company, which you can find on Pillbox as well. Um, you can find it on our website, on our merch store at Just Baseball Fans on Instagram. It's a sick tee. We got all the emotes, just baseball, pill bat company. And the shirt fits really nice. 
it's really my shoulders. Got the tagline baseball for everyone on there. I mean, I'm loving it. I, this shirt grew on me the second I put it on and now I'm, I'm really liking it. I, I, I went to the bathroom. I saw, I was washing my hands and I was like, this shirt's sick. The shirt this is shirt's sick. So and I'm why does it fit it. so nice? Yeah. Pillbox, man. Pillbox. Tip of the cap to pillbox. Was it like a damn, I look hot moment in the bathroom? Honestly, because- generally that's what it is. You yeah. know, I have a few drinks, you know, they say like, you a girl might look better to you after a few drinks. No, it's sometimes you. I look, I'm like, I don't hate myself that much, <laughs> right. you know, but it wasn't that it was the shirt and I've had no drinks. So uh, maybe it was a little bit of delirium, but we'll see how I feel in the morning about the shirt. Sometimes the morning after you don't feel great about some other situations too, but I'm feeling great about this shirt. I might sleep in it. Yeah. I am. Um, usually after two or three Mick ultras at the, at the nearby <laughs> saloon, I find myself looking at my arm in the mm-hmm. bathroom and I'm like, I get a little bit more definition in my tricep here. This is odd. Yeah. Okay. Let's stop dicking around. It's 1245 AM. Let's talk NL wildcard. Uh, Chris Taylor finished it. There were eight and a half really enticing innings that were north of four hours. And it felt like an hour and a half before that. It was a perfect chess match. Mm-hmm. The two starting pitchers were a combined 77 years old. I love it. Wayno at 40, Scherzer at 37. Pete, you said it well when we were just FaceTiming during the game. Neither had their A stuff, but they both worked around it. Garrett Cole could not last night. Wainwright and Scherzer are savvy, are seasoned enough to work around a C game that they're having, and they both look really solid. These guys just know how to miss barrels. They really do. And we were talking, Jack and I were talking about the difference between how Garrett Cole was grinding without his A stuff versus the way Max Scherzer and Adam Wainwright were grinding without their A stuff. There's just a difference there. I mean, Max Scherzer, you see in the first inning, first pitch, high fastball, similar to Garrett Cole, first pitch, high fastball. I don't know if it's first pitch, but just high fastballs elevated out of the zone. He gets back in the zone, foul ball after foul ball, battling, battling, battling. It was a story of a battle between two grinders. Say to yourself, 77 ages combined. Scherzer was doing it with the fastball. Aram, you and I were texting about the sequence to Trey Turner on that inning-ending double play. I texted you, he went three of those Uncle Charlies off the plate away to Turner. I said, no chance in hell he goes back to that pitch. And you speak fluent Wainwright. Yeah, uh, I just felt like that was exactly what Wainwright felt like Trey Turner was thinking. And mind you, Trey Turner came into the game with the best numbers against Adam Wainwright Uh of anybody, I think, in, in the Dodgers lineup, if I'm not mistaken. So at that point, I think you've got to almost do the opposite of what you normally do. And that also being said, I mean, he goes to the curveball more than the fastball. That's his fastball at this point in his career. And that curveball he's made a living off of, and it's what's been able to help keep him alive at this point in his career. If I miss with my fastball three times, I'm still going back to the fastball. And I feel like that's what that pitch is for Wayno. And yes, it was a ball but it was close enough. And with how much break it has that Turner couldn't take it. And he broke his bat with like 73. That was sick. Yeah. I was, I was loving that. And you guys say Wayno didn't have his best stuff. I, I, I agree. He didn't have his best stuff, but I think this was pretty much on par with what you get from a good Wainwright start at this point, the fastball was boring in on hitters hands enough. Uh, he was able to 
get swings and misses on the curveball. I think, or at least get foul balls on the curveball. Didn't get a ton of whiffs, which was the interesting part. But I think when you look at what he was able to do with the fastball, it was really working for him. The curveball was not quite uh, as I guess he didn't have the command that he normally has yeah. of it. But I thought yeah. the fastball was was on for him. Um, that was definitely something I thought looked good. I was fascinated by how effective 88 up and into righties was. Right. Yes. Doesn't make any sense, but it was. And I mean, the 91 mile an hour fastball, just middle that guys were missing constantly early in the game too. I tweeted out, I was like, how many times are they going to miss a fastball right down the middle? The Dodgers missed so many chances, but the Dodgers this year, weirdly, I saw the stat this morning, they're 26th in WRC plus against curveballs this year. And Adam Wainwright, big hook really really here's what i want to say i want to talk cardinals bullpen for a moment and then we'll get to dodgers bullpen because kenley jansen looked like he was 29 years old again told you let's let's start with the cardinals bullpen because it was almost poetic that luis garcia looked great and then giovanni gallegos looked great and then tj mcfarland looked awesome And then Alex Reyes came in, and after the all-world front half of the year that he had, he had a curveball tagged 111 miles an hour to end the game. Alex Reyes' fall from grace as the closer, it has, it's baffled me personally because his stuff is so stupidly electric. I don't really understand where that fall off a cliff came from, but it happened, and it was super ugly, and it reared its head, and it, you know, this was the crowning moment of Alex Reyes's fall from grace in 2021. Yeah, we talked about it before, right? I mean, you have to go to Alex Reyes there, but I just did not feel good about it when we talked about it on the episode. I, I, it's not, I didn't think it would end up like this. But I just, it was one of those situations where you're just not feeling great having to go to Reyes there and bad second half. You're in a tough spot as a young arm who has had those command issues, hit a wall this year. And he was able to escape with like fringe below average command in the first half, which is all he needs. But in the second half, his command was terrible. And I think we saw that in this game too, even when he was throwing strikes, they're hangers and it just wasn't working for him. Unfortunately, they didn't have anybody else they could go to at that point for the Cardinals. I thought Schilt did a great job managing up to that point. I yeah. thought he took Wayne right as far as Wayno could go. I thought he went to the other guys in the right spots. Garcia stretching him out was risky, played into his hands. It worked well. Everybody else did their part. Uh, but unfortunately, he needed Reyes to be first half Reyes, and he wasn't able to do that. Pete, two-parter for you. Do you agree with the timing of Dave Roberts taking Scherzer out with a handshake, which was hilarious? So do you agree with that timing? And then how fun was watching Kenley Jansen tonight? So when it first happened, I assume every baseball fan is like, why are you taking out Max Scherzer? Why would you do that? Four and a third? He's, he can keep going. They brought in Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, actually, his stuff looked fantastic. Joe Kelly is He's actually been a pretty good reliever in his career. Got to give Joe Kelly some credit. I didn't think it was a terrible move. I was thinking, well, if it goes wrong, this is going to be a big storyline tomorrow. But it went right. It ended up being the right move. And I told you guys, with the Kenley Jansen thing, the dude has just looked really good lately. 
watching a bunch of these Dodger games, watching him close it out. The cutter is moving like it's 2014, 2015. I don't know when he was at his peak. Kenley Jansen looked really good, and I was happy to see him come in, close the door, and show you guys why Kenley Jansen is still out here. He's still out here. He added that curveball. And and that's or the slider. What I, they, I don't know why they call it a slider. That's not a freaking yeah. slider. I, who who decides that? By the I way, don't know because there's pitches that are clearly curveballs, and they're like that's a slider, and it goes into Savant as a slider, or it's regarded. As, and I'm just like that's not a slider. It's weird, but that pitch is definitely a curveball. And they were talking about it on the broadcast how it changed his season, and it gave Kenley a new look. Uh, and I think these pitchers that unless you're Adam Wainwright with this just magical curveball. You have to have a different look as you age a little bit and as your stuff doesn't quite have that that level. And an analogy that I think you could definitely be able to firsthand uh, agree with, Peter, is with CeCe. You know, CeCe hit that wall. He, he used to be that guy that would blow 96 by you and release it, you know, 52 feet away because he was so long. But once he lost that VO, he had to start going to a cutter more and boring in on the hands of righties and being more of a finesse pitcher. I'm not saying Kenley has to be quite that finesse pitcher because we saw him you know, blow that cutter by guys, but that yeah, cutter looks faster thing. when that's you, the thing. it looks harder when yeah. you've got that breaking ball coming in. Uh, it makes that pitch look that much harder. And he didn't have, as we always talk about those three distinct speeds. Yeah. Now he has it and it makes that, you know, even slightly slower cutter still it play up the up. way it used to. And I, Absolutely. And I, love it. And I was just going to say, um, when you were saying slow cutter, I get what you were saying, but it's still 93. Like mm-hmm. it's still a hard pitch. So when you add that, I don't how hard is he throwing that curve slurve thing? Oh, 80s, I believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you add that level of deception, I mean, when it's 93 cutter versus an 81 curve slurve thing, it's just much harder to catch up to that 93. It makes it look like 95. Real quick pick uh high riser of the night, somebody that you really enjoyed watching, you think can make an impact, whether it be next year if they're on the cards or in the postseason if they're the Dodgers, uh, and then pick a flub of the night. Just a quick reason why. I'm going to go first. Uh, I was really impressed with Justin Turner. I didn't realize that he is the Dodgers' all-time leader in postseason home runs. Where the hell did that come from? Clutch as shit. He's clutch as shit, and he was hitting the hell out of the ball. And I feel like this guy is just going to keep dialing balls up all October long. I was really pissed to see that Tyler O'Neill couldn't do anything tonight. Really couldn't look terrible tonight. Those are my guys. My guy. I I made a joke about this. I was like, Tommy Edmond is going to win a batting title next year. Just because uh, he's not, he had a 91 WRC plus this year and he actually didn't have that great of a year, but his bat to ball skills are just so, so strong. And this is kind of cheating because it's not a flub, but it was a flub for me. Albert Pujols hit a 106-mile-an-hour line drive, and I thought it was going to be a walk-off home run that Albert Pujols does it against the Cardinals. That was the biggest flubber. I was like, damn it. Yeah. So, so you were the flub for thinking it was gone? I I am the flub for thinking it was gone, wishing it was gone. Yeah, dude, that would have been – that would have been. honestly, I'm kind of glad it wasn't gone because I would have been like this – this is rigged. And it, always, it's literally magic if yeah, you hit it. <laughs> I like, and that always bothers me when people are like, oh, it's set up the stage perfectly. And I'm just like, it undermines everything. But that would, <laughs> that would add me questioning my life. Because you know he's getting more money next year if that happens. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I'm glad we get to <laughs> see some deal. more Pujols. I'm glad we get to see some more Pujols. I, I would have doubled down on, on the Edmund thing. I, I really liked his at-bats, especially against Scherzer. I thought he looked really comfortable 
I thought he was aggressive, which I liked. And I'm, I wonder if that's going to like carry into next year. Edmund seemed really passive in the first half of the year, just trying too hard to be that get on base guy and be that scrappy guy, which he can still be, but you know, ambush a little bit, attack, take, take advantage of those hitters counts or early in the count when they don't want to put you on, like, like to hit that fastball. And we saw him be aggressive today. We saw what he can do on the base paths. I like that, but also not to totally steal your thunder here with Edmund. He didn't necessarily do anything in the box score, but everyone talks about Tyler O'Neill. How about Harrison Bader? Harrison Bader, not only was he a ranger in center field tonight, and he really commanded the outfield out there, and we know how good he is defensively. I thought his at-bats were fantastic. Uh, You know, he gets hit by two pitches, but he worked the count. He fouled off tough pitches. He was going deep into ABs. And this is a guy that notoriously was a big strikeout guy that a lot of people didn't know if he'd have enough of an offensive ability to be a regular. And frankly, if you told me that he was Tyler O'Neill coming into this game and Tyler O'Neill was Bader, I would have believed you based on the at-bats. And I I thought that Bader looked much more comfortable in the situation. I liked the way he looked. And I think that he's going to parlay this season, the strong finish and this game into a really good year next year. And, And I really like what I saw from him. My flub is is outside of Alex Reyes because we already hit on him. Nolan Arenado, man. Nolan Arenado, you gave that guy him. big money. You gave that him. guy big money. And I know it's baseball and, you know, one player doesn't make or break a game. But my superstar third baseman needs to be there. He needs to feel like, like some sort of presence. He didn't have good ABs. Didn't really do anything productive. I, I just did not really feel his presence whatsoever I didn't feel nervous when he was at the plate if I were a a Dodgers fan to me he was just another player in the in the order and the paycheck doesn't exactly uh, reinforce that type of feeling that we had from him Nolan Arenado hit a ball 97 miles an hour aside from that nothing over 70 miles an hour came off of his bat it was a a slow night for him I guess if I have to add a flub I didn't love what I saw from Corey Seager tonight. Struck out. Just didn't have that great of bats. I didn't really have a flub. I wasn't really watching for flubs, so I wasn't really ready for that question. But Corey Seager went 0 for 3 tonight, and he's been so hot lately. His big thing is being so good in the postseason. World Series MVP. Thought he'd be better tonight. Went 0 for 3. Usually you're a bit quicker on your toes, but we're recording at 1 a.m., so I'm going to give you a break. Um, Yeah. I don't have to send you the questions ahead of time, but... I'll do so next time we record at 1 a.m. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. For sure. Uh, (laughs) We're going to go through rapid fire. Chris Taylor, obviously the walk-off bomb, like he's the star tonight, deservedly so. I love Chris Taylor. I think we all love Chris Taylor because like, he's just done everything the Dodgers have asked him to do for absolutely zero street cred over the last like He didn't start the game. He didn't didn't even start start the game. Right. God, I mean, that's peak Dodgers, right? It's you have all these guys, you pay all these guys freakish amounts of money. And then it's Chris Taylor. Who's just been there forever. 16 position players, man. And that, that was the thing is I'm watching them. And before I, I heard them say, yeah, they, they have 16 position players, which I didn't even realize. I'm thinking, wow, they burned Gavin Lux just to have Pujols hit against a lefty. And it almost worked. It almost worked. It, it was almost, almost I didn't have a problem with the decision. It was almost like, wow, you're really willing to burn two bench guys in a game that with the new extra without the extra innings rule could have won 15 innings. You had eight of them. Yeah. Yeah. You had eight of them. And, and now you see why they did that for, for all of that mixing and matching their bullpen is so good that he was like, you know what, let's just go with some extra hitters. And, and it worked out. I mean, hell they've got Steven Souza jr. 
on that roster. Why? Why? He put a good swing on a ball, too. He did put a good swing on a ball, though. But Chris Taylor, free agent this year, somebody I've thought about a lot. He's so dynamic. He's so valuable. I think that he's not he's going to be valuable to any team. And I think a lot of teams will, will, will make good offers for him, but I'm not sure that there's a team that he'll be more valuable to than the Dodgers because Chris Taylor as the focal point of your lineup. Yeah. He's a good player, but Chris Taylor as the Swiss army knife for you uh, as a team that is as good as the Dodgers that can use him as a Swiss army knife. I just think that that value is different for, for, for them. And uh, I'm going to be interested to see what they do with Chris Taylor this off season, see if they bring him back. Uh, I, I have no idea. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking Chris Taylor could make a great center fielder for the Miami Marlins and maybe mm-hmm. give Jazz Chisholm a... Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why I've been thinking about Chris Taylor as a free agent. Yeah. If the Dodgers don't bring him back, I'm all in. I'm all in on that. Hit 20 home runs, 782 OPS this year. He was, he's, he's just been a good player for a really long time. He can play oh. everywhere, too. All right, let's fill out our brackets. It's 1 a.m. Let's do it. Cool. Let's do it. It's officially 1 a.m. Let's do brackets. We're going to start with the American League. We're going to go with both ALDS series, and then we're going to go to the National League side, both NLDS series. Then we'll meet again for the AL and NLCS, and then we'll pick World Series winners. Let's start with the two and three. The Astros and the White Sox meet for game one in Houston today. Aram, you first. Who wins the series? Why? How many games? Yeah, let's do how many games. So we're going, we're going Astros versus White Sox to yes. lead this off. Man, this is, for me, I, I have the White Sox as my World Series pick. But the problem with that pick is I'm, I'm worried about them getting past the Astros. Like, it's, uh-huh. it, they have maybe the toughest road imaginable, right? You got to get past the Astros, and then woohoo, you probably got to get past now the Tampa Bay Rays, who might damn well beat Boston in three. And then you're going to have a rested raised team uh, when you probably are going to have to go five to take down the Astros. Ultimately, I just think that, you know, we saw a game like this today. I'm assuming we're going to get an extra inning game out of those four or five games played between the Astros and the White Sox. Astros just don't quite have the pitching depth. They don't quite have that established pitching. I mean, how much confidence do you have in Luis Garcia in this type of setting? How much confidence even in a Framber Valdez, who's been great in spurts, but in a big role there. I love Lance McCullers, no Verlander. I just think there's too much uh, up in the air with their pitching. Yes, their offense is great, but you look at the White Sox. They check every single box. They're such a balanced team. They have so much pitching. They have the Super Bowl pin. They can score runs in bunches. They've been there. A lot of these guys have. I, I like the White Sox in this one, and, and I, I know that the Astros have the experience, but there's an underestimated amount of veteran presence on this White Sox team. I just think they're too talented and too deep. Sox in how many games? I think it's going to push them to the limits. I'm going to say Sox in five. Pete, you? I have the Astros in five. I think that the overall offense that the Astros have is just a little bit better, even though I'm kind of scared that Luis Robert could win a series by himself. He's been yeah, nuclear in September and in the early parts of October. He, I mean, Luis Robert has been amazing. I do think the Astros lead the league in run score this year. I do think overall the Astros have a better offense, so I'll lean there. Rotation. Arm, I, I agree with you. I would say overall maybe the White Sox have a better rotation, but in terms of just ERA this year, the White Sox had, in terms of their starting rotation, they had a 3.57 ERA. That was fourth in baseball. Astros had the fifth. So the Astros are right there, too. 
the bullpens, the White Sox definitely have the edge. I take the Astros. They've been there before. They have the better offense, and I don't think the starting pitching is that much of a difference. Lance Lynn faces McCullers today. I actually think the Astros will win that game. Deciding game one, I'm going Astros. One thing before you jump in, Jack, sorry. Yeah. I think he makes a lot of good points, and and I definitely the, – the Astros offense freaks me out. They get hot. I mean, we saw what they did last postseason. They had less pitching then, arguably. Michael Brantley hot. dealing with a knee injury, and somewhat they, nervous. Yeah, but they got hot, and, and they rode an offense almost to the World Series. Like, that was unbelievable. The flip side is you're, – you're right. The Astros pitching has been good. I just think that some of these guys are young. I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, they'll rise to the occasion. I agree. But – I'm a little bit nervous about that, and I love the the veteran presence of the White Sox. But that that's why I could go either way. It's going to be awesome. riding on the shoulders of young guys, but hell, they could rise to the occasion, and it'll be freaking awesome to watch. Pete, you said Astros in five. Astros in five. Okay. Uh, I want to say four. I do, mm. but I don't want to. I, I don't know. Okay. I do think the Astros will win. I go White Sox in five. Not a homer pick. Aram, you say you like the veteran presence of the White Sox. I'm concerned about the veteran presence. I don't know how Jose Abreu feels. He traveled separately from the team, flu-like symptoms, not COVID-related. He got to Houston late last night. He's there today. He's going to be a game-time decision. Obviously, he's going to play. If you've got a game-time decision with your vet and your 100-RBI guy, Jose Abreu is going to play. My concern for this series lies in the even games. I've got all the faith in the world in Lance Lynn, game one. Game two, I have less faith in Giolito. Game three, if they go with Cease, I've got faith in Cease. He's sneaky, one of the better pitchers in baseball this year, especially at striking guys out. Is Cease going to be on the road, or is he going to be at home? Cease is going to be at home. (laughs) Okay. He hates the splits God from gambling now. He knows every dude's It's a good point. It's just so funny. It's just like, okay, Dylan Cease, two ERA at home, five ERA on the road. Like that, that matters. That's going to be a big factor. That definitely matters. Sunday night, prime time in front of a blackout. I love Cease at home. That's Dylan Cease. Game four, I don't know who is doing anything. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Carlos Rodon, is he going to be at 92? Is he going to be at 98? I have no idea. How long is Michael Kopech going to go? I've got no clue how game four is going to go. But game five, you go right back to Lance Lynn. We're we're wrapping this thing up. So I say White Sox in five. One thing to end it, just offenses. Houston in the last 30 days, they have a 126 WRC plus. That's third in baseball. White Sox also pretty hot. A 115 WRC plus in the last 30 days. That's sixth in baseball. I want to give one individual prediction to on this. Okay. I think Yasmani Grandal is going to be the guy in this series. I think he's going to be the dude that really comes through, not just by walking either. I promise. I he think does he's take pitches. Yasmani Grandal over his last 23 games, 276, 434, 487, 921 OPS. He's been swinging it and now he's actually hitting the ball instead of just walking. Yeah. 21 walks. 16 strikeouts. We know what he can do with the glove. I'm excited to see what he's going to do now that he's back and and fully, you know, in motion again and back in a rhythm. Red Sox Rays. We start in Tampa today. Shane McClanahan for Tampa. Eduardo Rodriguez for Boston. We'll go reverse order. So it'll be me, then Pete, then Aram. 
I go Tampa in four. I think the Red Sox somehow take a game here, but Tampa running out Shane McClanahan and Shane Boz game one and two, they know something that we don't. <laughs> like, I mean, these guys are making their postseason debuts. They're both still... Boz is not even going to hit rookie status in 2021. McClanahan is a rookie in 2021. These guys are making their first postseason appearances in game one and two of the ALDS. And I think they win the front two games. They're 98 out of the bullpen. They've got like 20 guys that they can go to out of the bullpen that just throw 98 from the right side. And then the offense is my favorite to watch in baseball. Raisin three. Cool. Leave it at that. Shane Boz is already a top 10 pitcher in baseball. <laughs> He's so good. I can't get over the man. I can't get over him. Him and Wander. They're both the best. I love them both equally. God. Okay. Aram, what you thinking? I mean, that's tough to beat right there. I, I, I think Rays in four. Only because the Rays struggle against lefties. I'm worried that one of one of Eduardo Rodriguez or Chris Sale may stifle them, but frankly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rays in three. Um, the one thing I'll say about it is the Rays have 13 different pitchers who have recorded a save, if I'm not mistaken, while the Red Sox have barely one dude that I would count on to record a save. Uh, that's going to catch up to them. Didn't catch up to them in a singular wild card game like I thought it might. It will catch up. It's inevitable. You can't avoid it in a five-game set. Maybe you can steal one. Uh, but I'm, you're not going to light up the box score offensively, which is the only way you can bail out your bullpen. The Rays are the kryptonite matchup, I think, for the Red Sox. They'll get their runs, and they're going to keep that offense in check, especially if J.D. continues to be hobbled. I don't really see it happening for, for the Red Sox, and I think this is going to be the most lopsided series in this postseason. I hope it's not. I hope the Red Sox can you know make it a five-game series and make it fun, uh, but – I know I said, and I don't, and I want to clarify one thing. I was worried about the youth of the Astros starting pitching, but that's because I don't believe in their bullpen. Shane Boz could struggle and get yanked in the third and in I the first care. inning and they'd be fine. Yeah, they'd be fine. <laughs> so that, that included. And also the fact that I just think Boz and McClanahan are fantastic and, and rap, something and you'll hate Peter Boz is still going to be a prospect next year. He'll still be a prospect. I'm going to have to rank that dude. After you know, he shoves for a postseason. I mean, Crazy. we know where he's ranking. Number one or number two. He's 2021's Randy Rosarena. Literally. I going to happen. One other thing I'd like to mention, the Rays in that same time period, 30 days, fourth in baseball and WRC Plus at 124. So the Rays offense is hot right now. If they're swinging it, good luck. And you know up. what's going to catch up to the goddamn Red Sox? They can't field for shit. Erod. <laughs> Well, yes, but they can't field in terms of outs above average. You know who's the worst team in baseball this year? The Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. They have two defensive runs saved this year. And they're all by Hunter Renfro. And they're all by Hunter Renfro and (laughs) Kike Hernandez out there in center. And Renfro's not even that good defensively. He's just got a cannon for an arm. arm. He is a good defender. He is a good defender. Nah, he's good. He is good. I would say he's good. That's about it. He can track. I think he's good. Aram, right back to you. Brewers and Braves. NL Central. This one, NL this one is crazy. Uh, I don't know you if I sold Peter on this one. I don't. I don't think I did. But this is my. This is my apparently piping hot take that not nobody agrees with. Braves take them. Braves take them. 
I think the Brewers were somewhat regular season warriors. I, I think they're a great team. They've got a, a three-headed monster in that rotation. But do you are you, tell me, are you confident right now in Freddie Peralta? We love I love yes. Freddie Peralta. We all yes. love Freddie Peralta. You're, you you from I might be on the Braves, but don't slander Fred. Okay. Go go somewhere else with the Brewers. Post injury. <laughs> Freddie Peralta has not quite gotten back into that group. He's going to be a fantastic player, but I, I, he has not quite gotten back into that group. One other thing I want to I want to also hit on here: Brewers, their bullpens hit a wall, and like literally and figuratively, in the second half, <laughs> bullpen ERA 18th in baseball. That was with Devin Williams. Now you remove Devin Williams from that fold. They're more in the in the back third of the game in bullpen ERA. The Braves fourth. In bullpen ERA. Everyone talks about Will Smith and how bad he has been. He has been similar to Kenley Jansen, really hit a stride over the last six weeks or so, maybe a little bit less. Their overall ERA better than the Brewers in the second half. Their third, Brewers fourth. The Braves have started to put it together pitching wise. They have gotten guys like Max Freed red hot down the stretch here. Ian Anderson starting to settle back in again. And then, of course, you've got Charlie Morton looking like peak Charlie Morton again, the most clutch big game pitcher out there. I like this Braves team. They didn't try to replace Ronald Acuna with one dude or two dudes. They replaced him with like five guys. Four. And they go matchup dependent, almost like a little bit like the Giants there, where they're deep with different outfielders that they can mix and match with that are all capable of hitting 15, 20 home runs. And it's worked for them. It's worked for them. I think that the Braves are going to find a way to make it work. Uh, Corbin Burns is worst start of the year against the Braves nine hits season high five earned runs season high I think that Brewers offense is putrid and I think they're going to stall out give me the Braves in four Aram they replaced Acuna with four guys Jock Peterson who wore a pearl necklace because he's a bad bitch which was the best thing ever uh Adam Duvall who's hitting the shit out of the ball Good defender. Jorge Soler, who's hitting the shit out of the ball. And then Eddie Rosario, who is hitting, hitting the, the shit out of the ball. He hit for the cycle. He hit for the cycle. And what trivia question. What's Jorge Soler's K rate? What do you think it is since getting traded over to the Braves? Mr. Oh. I strike out all the time. With the Royals, it was probably like 110%. Yeah. I'm going to guess he's sub 20. 15? 18%. Wow. Mm. So right between you two. Wow. I was if that's insane. happening, shit. Man. I was and the that, asshole that, and undershot it. Sorry, last thing. The second team in Major League Baseball in home runs is playing in Milwaukee. Look out. Pete, who you got? How many games? You know, Aram. Did I just sell Pete on air? Did I just sell Pete on air? No, you, you didn't sell me on air. You sold me when we were having that conversation yes. walking through New York yes. City. I'm on Braves in five. I That's like the Braves team. I like them. That's my partner. I lo- Charlie Morton in the playoffs. You don't want to bet against Charlie Morton. You don't want to bet against Max Freed right now. You don't want to bet against Ian Anderson in the playoffs either. Huasker, you know, I might punch another wall, but they may not even need him. And I like their bullpen. But really where it comes down to me is I don't know if I believe in the Brewers offense. I don't think I do. I would say, all right. If Yelich was hitting his stride, you know, maybe I'd feel a different, you know, maybe I'd feel differently. But no signs the, of life from him. No signs the, of life. In the last 30 days, he's got a 645 OPS. In the last 30 days, the Brewers offense ranks 23rd in WRC plus, 
while the Braves sit at 14th. I think it's trending in the Braves' direction while everybody is talking about the Brewers. You do need more than three really good starting pitchers, and maybe they take you over the top. But they're, you know, the Braves hit Corbin Burns. The Braves can hit, and you put them in in uh, in Milwaukee. We'll see. I, I got why, Braves in five. That's why we're okay. business partners, Jack. Facts. Yeah, no, I, I feel hurt. I feel <laughs> betrayed that... Peter is going against our guy from like episode five. I know. I'm going. But I'm not going. I'm betting on that game. Like Freddie's going to win his game. It's going to be Corbin. That Corbin's get, Corbin and Woodruff <laughs> are going to blow it for the Brewers. It's going to be Freddie, who's like, you know what? Maybe he is the number one guy. I say Brewers in five because they'll get three games at American Family Field, and I have a ton of faith in that place. That fan base, dude. I mean, you're looking at me and you're shaking your head. That no, environment, like you're going to turn that game on and get riled it's up. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And the roof is going to be closed, motherfuckers. <laughs> so it's all going to stay in. Nobody goes to the games at the Trop. I mean, they might have 75% capacity for the ALDS. Like, they don't need any fans. They'll just they win it without it. Fans. There's yeah. no one thought. They, oh God, one I thought mean, on that. Yeah. Brewers 45 and 36 at home, 50 and 31 on the road. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Okay. Sometimes they play on Tuesdays <laughs> against the Pirates. And they, lose those those ups, and they lose those. We need those context ups. there. We need context there. So now you're going to have a full sellout crowd at a place that is very conducive to being a loud and hectic environment with people that love baseball. Yeah. So that should really induce a lot of false starts and mess up, you know, the quarterback cadence, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Silent count. You got to clap. You got to go to the clap. You can't say hut hut. Um, Yeah. I think brewers in five, I rely on that starting pitching. You get the best pitcher in the game this year, not named DeGrom. I think Corbin Burns had the best year aside from DeGrom you get that best pitcher making two starts. You possibly get Brandon Woodruff making two starts, depending on how pressed you are within the series. And I think the offense is going to be okay, like fine. I think they can sneak away with it. Let's go to, holy shit. Let's go to Dodgers Giants. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can I say say one thing before I move on to Dodgers Giants? It's Charlie Morton versus Corbin Burns game one. Braves are winning it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, shit. I got to go first here. Dodgers, Giants. God. God. We pick both? Dodgers and four. Ooh. This lineup is just postseason prepped. That's the only reasoning I have there. I'm so not confident in that, but this lineup is postseason prepped. And Walker Bueller is going to start a game, and Julio Arias is going to start a game. And, like, oh my God, it's so hard to say otherwise. What I'm going to do, I'm going to say Dodgers in five. I have been wrong about the Giants all year. And I feel like I personally have been giving them air. So I'm giving you guys more air by picking the Dodgers because you're going to prove me wrong again and probably win. But I'm going Dodgers in five. It's too close for any actual logic so i'm using i'm being illogical to be correct yeah does that make sense it does okay 
not at all, but that's probably, probably just my fault. It's a little 120 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly was diving into the, the previews of, of both these teams and just going deep into the numbers. And when you look at the bullpens, they're, they're pretty much a wash. I mean, yeah. I would almost lean, I would almost lean giants. I would lean giants too. With Jake McGee different players that have recorded saves. Uh, you could go to any of those guys that every single dude in their stable has a sub three ERA. Like Duvall it's, is so it's, good. It's utterly absurd. Here's my problem. And this is why I'm going to go with the Dodgers in five. It was a clean is, sweep. Uh, I'm sorry. I wish I, I could, know. I wish I could differentiate it, it. This is why Kevin Gossman, uh, an ERA above four in the second half. I think that he's going to get ambushed by the Dodgers. I think that they're going to smell blood and they are going to attack him. I think Logan Webb can turn in a decent start, but Logan Webb is still 24 years old in the middle of his, you know, not in the middle, I guess in the tail end now of his breakout season. Doesn't mean he's going to be able to carry a team in the postseason. Anthony Disclafani, great year as well. Do you count on that guy compared to what the Dodgers are going to be rolling out there? I think the starting pitching matchups are just too lopsided here. I don't have faith in Kevin Gossman. This isn't the first half Kevin Gossman. And Logan Webb, he's fantastic. But I would rather put my faith in Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller and Julio Urias than what San Francisco's got going right now. It's not a slight of them. It's just the way it's matched up. And even though their bullpen's elite, I don't think it's enough to bail them out. And I think we're underestimating. I I said this on our TikTok today. Brandon Belt is third in all of baseball back starting in 2020. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but in WRC Plus, he trails what was it, Peter? It was it was only Juan Soto and Bryce Harper? And it was he was the ahead four of four best players in baseball. Yeah, the, the and Brandon players. Bell was sandwiched right in the middle of it. It was like Acuna, yeah. Tatis, Vladdy, and Soto. Yeah, you just put him right in the middle of those. Yeah, put him right in the I middle. Don't know there. what the exact order was. Like this is somebody that has been hitting the ball as well as anybody in baseball. Um, that's a big blow for them. Yes. And I know that the Dodgers are missing Muncie but I think that the Giants feel it a little bit more. And it, it's I think it's just going to be a little bit too much for them. They literally taped a C on his jersey. Yeah. Yeah. They like, didn't do that for missing that. I hope they prove us wrong. Like, I, I really hope we're so wrong on this. Me oh, I'd love to the Giants wrong. win the World Series, honestly. Uh, me me too. too. I'm here for it. All right. We already gave the primers for each team so we can breeze through the championship series and the World Series now. Um, matchup, winner, how many games, quick reason why. We're at Aram now. And you've got in the American League White Sox and Rays. God damn. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. White Sox. How White many? White Sox. I think the White Sox take it in six. Maybe seven. I'm gonna say six. I hope it goes seven. So that's what I want. But I, I really think that this White Sox team. It's going to have a magical run. It's more of almost a gut feeling for me. We can get analytical, uh, but honestly, it's just, I think Luis Robert, like Peter said, is going to catch fire. I think that their offense is going to catch fire. I think Grandal is going to catch fire. And I think they're just going to be that 05 team of destiny. I really think they are. And yeah. I got I got to die on that hill and I got to roll with it. And unfortunately that means the Rays uh, fall along the way. A lot of reliance on young arms, as much as I really like these arms and the offense has the capability of stalling out a little bit too. Uh, at times and they strike out all the time they strike out all the time which is a concern for me i can see them running into a wall against some of these big volume strikeout guys in the white Sox uh stable i think the white Sox might be a tough matchup for them 
Pete, you've got Astros and Rays meeting. Rays in five. Wow. The Rays are going to roll. Just watch. You're going to see this team be like, who is that? How is he so good? How is he so good? They're all so good. I'm done doubting them. Rays in five. They've got Jordan Luplo now. I don't even care. They could throw me out there. They'll teach me how to play an amazing first base. The amount of who is Yandy Diaz and who is Joey Wendell tweets that we will see this postseason. is When I see a lineup with G-Man Choi and Yandy Diaz in the three, four hole, and they put up nine runs against Garrett Cole, (laughs) I stopped. I stopped. I don't, I don't know. This just comes from a place of trauma, I think, for Peter. He's like, yeah. hey, they've just they've just hurt me too much. They're hurting everybody. Right? No, it, it's it's not just the Yankees. They beat everybody all the time with anyone they want, really, raising five. They and I'm people. saying it in five, might be in four. If Pete, they beat people literally 100 times this year. They literally won 100 games. Uh, and Yandy <laughs> Diaz is their three-hitter. Four hitter. Don't oh, forget yeah, about G Man. Man Choi is their three hitter. He won't actually be their three hitter, probably in the playoffs, but he was for a game where they scored <laughs> nine runs. <laughs> White Sox Rays is the matchup that I pray to the baseball lords happens. It's also going to fuel my nightmares uh, because I'm so scared of the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm so scared of them. White Sox in seven. Uh, you don't even believe that, though. I don't. I don't. Yeah. White Sox in seven because I'm going to be flip-flopping between my Mark Burley jersey and my Tim Anderson Southside jersey, and I'm going to be so excited to be watching yeah. these. And one thing about the Rays, too, you know, I know Willie Adamas was fantastic with the Brewers, but we have to look at it as the net gain for the Rays. Wander Franco had almost, what was it, a 2.3, 2.4 F4 uh, through, what, 60-something games. That's an all-star season and then some. That would have been almost a, like a 5.6, 5.7 war season. They added an all-star shortstop and, and a high-end all-star shortstop. We'll see if he can continue it in the postseason. I don't think he's going to bat his eye at a big moment. And that's going to make the Rays a little bit scarier. That offense is better than it was last year, not to mention Nelson Cruz is in the fold. I'm nervous about this pick, but yeah. I'm just sticking with my guns with the White Sox. Yeah, I think the White Sox are going to win games 9-7, and they might also win games 3-1. to one. I, I have no idea how this series is going to shake out. My NLCS is the Dodgers and the Brewers. I, the, the Dodgers, like, they're just, again, hitters, postseason prepped, and you get Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, and Julio Reyes, like three Team straight so games. Oh, Dodgers in six. Pete. So I have Dodgers versus Braves. Dodgers in six because I don't see Charlie Morton losing a game this postseason. He's going to get his two. I'm going Dodgers in six. But I love this Braves team. I do. I like this Braves team a lot. You know what? Braves in four. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah. No, I like Dodgers in six. I'm going to go Dodgers in five. Uh, There's an ounce of me that's like the Braves are out for blood. And, you know, they just came up short last year. That was with Ronald Acuna. Uh, I could be out for blood and I want to go kick Conor McGregor's ass. He's No matter how angry I am about it, 
is going to kill me. And no man, that that's really what it is. Is the the Dodgers are a force? They're not going to be able. The Braves are not going to be able to keep up. I I hope they can. I think that's going to be the one flop series. Uh, is the Braves are going to upset the Brewers, and then they're going to run into a juggernaut, and that's going to be the one series where like where we're like this one sucks. When does the AL CS come back on again? Uh, I again hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be a lopsided NLCS. Dodgers in five. All classic Dodgers White Sox. How many games do the White Sox win in? Ooh. I've got White Sox <laughs> in, seven, in seven in an all-time World Series. An all-time. I've felt it. We've all felt it. We've all talked about it on different occasions that this postseason was going to be wild. Got a text from my buddy Griffin during the game, and he just said, holy crap, this is going to be a crazy postseason. Like just this game gave him that vibe. And that was exactly what I was thinking too. This is exactly what, what it's going to be. I think it's going to be nuts and it's going to end in the most crazy way possible. And you're talking about in terms of star power and just roster construction and all the way around the Dodgers and the White Sox are like a battle of two of the biggest forces that you can find. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I just can't wait to watch it happen. It's going to be a battle of heavyweights. Pete Dodgers raise. I already put a wager on the Tampa Bay Rays plus 600 to win the World Series. The Tampa Bay Rays will defeat the Los Angeles Dodgers in six games. And we're going to look up and we're going to see that the Rays not only have won this championship, but they won every single championship in the minor leagues, except for double A where they sold. And we're going to look back and say, this franchise had the greatest year in sports all up and down in Tampa Bay, Florida, where nobody cares. St. Peter's Tampa Bay Rays, Petersburg, Florida, Dick, you don't even care. And also you're right. Oh, St. Petersburg. I don't even know. The damn (laughs) Montgomery biscuits sold. It just sent everybody sent to everybody in the mornings. The Rays are going to win the world series. You heard it here first. I'm going to wrap the pot up at 1:30 AM white Sox over the Dodgers in six games. So help me God. I don't think it's going to happen, but Oh my God, I got to ride with it. I feel it in my lower intestine and uh, let's, let's give it a whirl, man. If the sure white Sox ever get a chance to face the Rays, they're going to lose in four. Shut up, <laughs> asshole. Aram, what'd you say? I said, are you sure that's not just the deep dish? I know you're back in Chicago. God, yeah, no, no deep dish yet. I, I put one. I put one thirty. I think it was one thirty on White Sox World Series to a plus seven fifty. Wow, that wow. bet could be over in, in the next series. That's the yeah. crazy thing. It could but, be over in four days. I yep. did pick the Astros to be both of you guys picked the White Sox to win. And I had the Astros beating the White Sox in the ALDS. Correct. Yeah, so you can suck it. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Hey, Pete, you have any future on the Yankees winning the world series in April? Yeah. I already lost it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we are at just BB media on Twitter at just baseball fans on TikTok and Instagram. We're on YouTube. Find us there at just baseball. You can just search just baseball. We'll pop up right there. We put all of our, video version of the podcast there we've got a discord we've got a twitch twitch.tv slash just baseball fans 
Um, good merch from Pillbox Batco coming. You guys are repping it. You're looking good. Also, check out the Just Baseball collection on Breaking Tea, JustBaseball.com. We've got an insane group of writers putting together quality shit day in and day out. They're going to continue to do so in the postseason. TikTok is a wagon right now. Wagon. Kicking ass. Arms kicking ass. I'm trying to kick ass. <laughs> You're kicking ass. Sleep tight, sweet princes. ALDS starts today. Please leave a rating. Thank you, everybody. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.